0: Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel and today my guest is Brad Chabra. He is the co-founder of Prediction Strike, which, and let me get this right, is a athlete-based stock market around fantasy sports. Yes, it's incredible. It's real money. It works very well and I'm so excited to see what this thing looks like in two years, uh, let alone five or ten, when they can really start ramping some of this cool stuff up. So, it is so interesting. Uh, I apologize to anyone out there. This is not my favorite kind of interview, but I was so, so curious. I was essentially just grilling Brad with questions because I was so really just loving the opportunity and the idea. So I apologize to anyone out there. It's not my best one, but a lot of information in it. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation or question and answer session I have with Brad Chabra. Yes. you got chupacabra a lot really
1: yeah people call me me so i had a twin brother people called us chupacabras all the time uh, when, we were, when we were
0: growing very, up very cute very cute i love it my guest today is brad chabra not chupacabra and he is the <laughs> co-founder of prediction strike very excited to talk about that but excited to talk to you two men how's your day been
1: not not too bad thanks for having me on michael happy to be here
0: Pleasure is all mine. Um, I'm not going to be nearly as rich and as famous as you when this, thing, uh, when this <laughs> thing blows up. So I'm just hoping that you'll remember me and that I let you on, let you on the pod one of those days a long time ago. But uh, Brad, I, do, I really do appreciate you coming on to uh, talk about Prediction Strike. But the first question I always have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? That's,
1: that's a good question. I've, I've been a sports fan, I mean, probably everybody's answer for as long as I can remember, but it wasn't the type of thing where like my dad was a sports fan, anybody, was, anybody in my family was, that really wasn't it. Um, I picked, like basketball is my favorite sport. I picked it up watching the Lakers probably like 2010, 2011, something along those lines. Um, I played soccer all my life. I played soccer and basketball into high school. It was never any good, but it was just always something that I could just get obsessed with and I would. I remember, like, my whole life revolved around the Knicks in like
0: 2013.
1: 2011, oh, oh, well, they, were, it was. they were
0: okay back then, right?
1: 2013. Yeah, 2013 was yeah. probably a little bit late. I remember them being terrible with like David Lee. I mean, I was excited about David Lee, but my life revolved around them. Like, I, I would stay up. I would watch every game. I'd say, all right, if I don't get my homework done, like that karma is going to come back and bite the Knicks in the butt. I, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff.
0: But it's been forever. That's impressive, man. And to to devote so much time, I mean, I'm a Mets fan, so I know exactly what you're talking about, to devote so much time and energy into a team that you know sucks um, and there's literally nothing you could do about it. It's, it's like this weird, I don't know, I don't know why I do it, but I volunteer myself for this every single year. And there's years like 2015 where you're like, oh, my God, is it going to be worth it? And then, of course, it gets snatched away. Um, <laughs> but, like, I don't know why. I just do it. And, I mean, again, the Knicks, I feel like, Weirdly enough, are like even more downtrodden than the Mets. So like you're you have to be a Jets fan too, right?
1: No, so I'm um, mixed Mets and Giants. Okay. The Giants good. are my really one saving grace.
0: I was gonna say you you have a little bit of happiness in your life, or you did uh, like ten years ago <laughs> at this point now, but it was the happiness and I will always remember it and I will never forget it. And every day I will represent my Giants fandom uh like no one else. So Kudos on that, man. I think that's pretty impressive. Growing up in New York, uh, or at least around New York City um, as well, you know, we got a little happiness, a little sadness. um, And then I'm also actually a Duke basketball fan. So it's kind of like a kind of like a stack in the deck, I guess, in my favor. Every once in a while, you can kind of count on one of those every like five to seven years at this point. But enough about me. That's not why we're here. So you have a really interesting background. A couple of the things I saw that you've worked with some startups. You've started Mm -hmm some startups Uh, you've worked some some major corporations jp morgan i think was somewhere in there a couple others along the way as well um you have a background in finance but then you also have a background in digital health somehow (laughs) uh where you've only been in the workforce for like three years how the heck is all this possible
1: yeah so i mean a lot of that a lot of that was while i was in college um so i graduated in december 2017 and i've been at square one venture bank ever since um but the rest of that was all in college and the digital health really the one that stands out. So that, that was a startup that me and my current co-founder, uh, Devin, actually worked on together. And I mean, he was a he was a biomed student and it was kind of his idea. It was him and I had been friends for years and, you know, we could probably get into that in the context of Prediction Strike at some point. But we'd work together. I mean, uh, we'd known each other for years and he had this idea that he came up with in the med tech space, came to me, said, hey, you want to start this company? long story short, I said yes. And uh, we worked on that for probably two plus years. Um, never really got off the ground. We we built a beta for what we were doing. Uh, never got it to market, but it was a really cool learning experience. I learned way more about the med tech market and about health services than I ever thought I would. And then I'll probably ever use again, but really cool experience. Not relevant to the rest of everything else I've
0: done, but still. Yeah, th- that one's definitely the one that stuck out. Um... But again, I mean, the, the the startups, the the major corporations, like, what what have you learned? Like, the culmination of everything that you've learned in all of these places, even if some of them were internships, I've seen interns that do more than I do, like, <laughs> like and that's saying, like, I think I'm a relatively hard worker, but clearly, they're just, again, way smarter than I'm ever going to be, and that's fine. That's not where I am. I like talking to a microphone so it works out, but what, what was the culmination? Like, what have you learned from all of these places and what can you kind of package together and say is like, this is Brad, or at least this is Brad's work experience. And these are all the things he knows how to do.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that I can kind of go back to like early college and all those internships that I tried to get, that I ended up getting, um, a lot of it was things that I thought other people wanted me to get. Ah. Like, hey, you should work at JP Morgan. You know, you should do this. You should go into this field. And I was like, I was like okay, yeah. I mean, prestigious sounds pretty cool probably make decent money i'm gonna do that and then every time i did i was like all right i want something different i want i'm not enjoying this so then finally it was just i'm gonna do things that i enjoy doing so like i really like working at work working at square one what i was learning there working with startups working you know kind of industry agnostic um that was awesome like i learned so much there about like scaling a company growing a company like i used the finance skills i had but it was also like Whenever I, whenever I end up leaving, I'm going to have developed a lot of skills that I can do whatever I want with right? along the entrepreneurship line. So just that's, I guess what, when it comes to whatever I learned, it was like do things that you're actually interested in. Otherwise, you're never going to remain doing one thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's awesome, I guess, for lack of a better term, that you kind of learned along the way. Like, I don't ever want to do that again. Nope, that's not right, me. Yeah. That's not what I want to do. And that's very important. I think that's one thing a lot of people, especially in getting into the sports industry, people don't try enough stuff out you know, just along Mm -hmm. the way, like a lot of people in college, you know, hand up me included, like maybe I just drank a lot during the summers Mm -hmm. instead of getting like a really like important internship that I could actually utilize and be like, okay, I do like this. I don't like this. Um, because that led me into a finance job, which incredible company turns out. I just hate finance. Could have learned that out like (laughs) two years earlier and known don't do this. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those things that I think it's really important. So for anyone out there listening, um, and what, I guess, I mean, I guess kind of answered it, but what did, what did you learn about yourself? Like outside of, I don't want to do this, but like, what did you learn about yourself throughout all these iterations and businesses and starting your own business and not quite getting it to where you want to be? Like, and, and now obviously at Square One, working with a lot of startups, what did you learn about yourself along that path?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, really, like at first I have a hard time answering that, but really it's just like, I'm, I'm creative and I want to find new ways to do things. And as much as, you know, I'll get really stressed out trying to figure out a huge problem and it'll just consume my life. I mean, that's fun. That's exciting. And it it gives you like something new to look forward to, right? If I don't, I have no idea what is going to happen with Prediction Strike tomorrow, right? Next week. But it's always exciting. And it's always a lot of responsibility on my shoulders, um, which makes me feel, you know, important. makes me feel good, especially figuring out, even when it doesn't, even when it goes wrong. um, It's like, okay, I did that. It's on me. Let's figure out what's next. Let's keep going.
0: I love it, man. That's, that's pretty important too. Like you have to actually, you know, bear that load. Uh, you know, there's so many people that just kind of go by as the cog in the machine. And I think it's awesome that you're, you're willing to be the machine itself. Um, and you know, start to start to fill it up and really help other people along the way, especially with all the work that you've done with startups now, understanding a little bit more about what you do at square one, um, and understanding really what that life cycle looks like, I think is pretty important too. So let's talk about prediction strike. I mean, it's the same co-founder you had prior Devin, um, Whose idea was it this time, just out of curiosity?
1: I mean, I'll, I'll credit both of us. I'll go 50-50. All right, all right. Maybe, maybe if you get me offline, I'll tell you the truth and right, say cool, 80-20. Cool, cool. Um, but yeah, so the way I always tell the story, and it's actually, you know, a little bit, it, it sounds corny and it sounds like it's a joke, but it really happened. Um, so like I said, we'd been working on this on this digital health startup way back when, and it was kind of starting to wind down around the same time that states got the federal go-ahead on sports gambling. And Devin and I had been looking at that and saying, okay, well, how can we turn this into something, you know? Um, and it was June 2018. Something had happened in the, in the markets, right? And I had lost, and probably not a lot of money because I didn't have a lot of money, but I'd lost money in the stock market that day. And the NBA finals or, or playoffs were going on. And I said to Devin, like, I just want to put all my money on LeBron. And long story short, you know, we just took that to another level and tried to figure out what we could do with it. And, you know, we came to, something in similar to what prediction strike is now in an athlete based stock market. And, you know, to us, the big thing was, you know, we had never really, we'd never gambled, right. We'd barely played daily fantasy sports and with prediction strike, with what we were trying to build at the time, we said, well, this makes me feel like I have a lot more control as a user. It doesn't feel quite as risky. I'm never going to lose all my money in one day. I can, I can see everything you know, track it over time it makes me feel a lot better about it. It's something that I actually want to use. And it's really going to get me engaged with the sports that I'm watching. Um, so that was what was big to us and why we felt, you know, it could actually turn into something.
0: I don't know what's so corny about that story. I mean, I love LeBron. I, you know, I'm, I'm a huge LeBron fan. I could not care less about the NBA or a specific team. I've, as you said, you're a Knicks fan, um, mm-hmm. which got to suck. I mean, what was it? 2013 when he kind of spurned you guys, which is unfortunate. It would have been cool, man. Amari and LeBron, man, that team would have been so cool, but yeah. Um, if You want to shed a tear? We can keep going on that. No, 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 no. We'll <laughs> offline again. If you we want to both shed tears, we'll just talk about the Mets. That's an easy. That's too easy at this point. <laughs> um, that too. So, so I guess like with with that, like how how does something like that actually turn into a business? Though it's very easy. I'm sure I've said off the cuff things to my friends like that before too. But how do you, like which one of you was like, wait a second, this is something that can just you know that's that's not just an off the cuff statement. This is something that could be pretty legitimate.
1: Right. Well, so, I mean, I had worked, like you said, I'd worked in finance, you know, I, Devin and I both had money in the stock market, or we at least, we at least both like to pretend that we did. Um, but what it really was, I mean, you hear people, you, you turn on SportsCenter today, you say, okay, John Moran's stock has never been higher. Like, what, is, what does that mean? Like, that could be something. And yeah. I mean, part of the premise of Prediction Strike is we look at each game as if it weren't earnings report, right? And if they beat their projected earnings, their stock goes up, they miss it, their stock goes down. So, it's kind of a simple concept in that. Like if they beat it up, miss down, right? So we just wanted to try it. So we just said, well, what if we actually put that together? We put together a beta in like 30 days and just sent it to all of our friends and said, tell us what you think, right? Then we ended up, you know, the, wheel, the wheels kept turning from there. And we said, okay, well, people like it and how can we make money on it, right? And then that goes on and on and on.
0: Mm-hmm. So tell, tell us exactly, I mean, you said it before, it's kind of an athlete based stock market but i mean give us a little bit more understanding of exactly what the product is i know you got a pretty solid elevator pitch for it so
1: yeah yeah exactly so prediction strike is a platform for users like me you your listeners to trade quote-unquote shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks so for example if you have lebron james right his stock say it's ten dollars and he's projected to score 40 fantasy points tonight if instead he scores 50 the stock price goes up instead he scores 30 the stock price goes down Right. So then a supplied demand factors into there as well. Uh, but that's really as simple as it goes. So like I said, you look at each game as an earnings report and say, you know, do I trust in LeBron to keep beating that? Do I trust in him? You know, short term, long term, whatever it is, you decide. That's kind of the beauty of it. You can diversify time horizon, sport, player, strategy, whatever it might be. You know, it's a way it's almost a simpler, less risky version of daily fantasy sports or even gambling in that you can control a lot of it, which is really cool.
0: And I think that that part is, it is super interesting. Again, you sent me over so much information. I got to really like dive into it a little bit, which was so cool. And just a couple of the things that I had questions on. So it's it's based kind of around their fantasy, um, I guess, output. What? Where do those numbers come from? Do you guys have a partner or is that something that is is in the future or do you kind of aggregate? Like how, how do you guys go about that aspect of it?
1: Sure. So we, we work with uh, Sports Data I.O. I mean, it's the same company that... Handle uses it's the same company that a bunch of NBA teams use. It's one of like the premier statistics providers. Um, We've been working with them all year. We, I mean, when we started the beta last year, we just took everything of public data from ESPN, Uh um, which was as, as, it it was as manual as going on every morning, like I'd wake up like five 30 and just copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste until it was all done. I'd send it to Devin and then he'd just pop it into the, into the code um, and hit go. And that was how it was, but yeah, I mean, we don't come up with the projections ourselves. It's they come it, people way smarter than us do that.
0: And how so? You know, I I was in finance as well. You obviously being in finance, and we know. I think the stock market's BS personally. That's that's a whole that's a whole another <laughs> entire series of podcasts. But like with with the supply and demand aspect of it, how much like where, what is that weight like between? I want just a lot of LeBron because I think in two years he'll still be really good versus that one game against the Suns where they blew him out. And so he didn't meet, meet his fantasy numbers, but he put up, you know, three quarters of the numbers he was supposed to in, in the first half. Like, how do you guys kind of weigh, weigh that part of it?
1: Right. So, I mean, the stocks mostly move on the projections aspect of it supply and demand is a small factor of it. And that's really just because, you know, we're, we're not huge yet. If you were, if you were to do this without scale, like you or I could go on and move the market ourselves and we don't want that. Makes um, sense. So the, re- and like, the reason for that, besides, you know, being able to move the market is that it makes it a lot easier for users to look at the stock and say, well, I think LeBron's going to beat this. And I think even if he misses one game over the next two, three, four, five games, is he going to beat 40 fantasy points? Like, yeah, probably. That's my bet. That's why I have LeBron stock. Mm-hmm. And we really just wanted to keep it that simple.
0: No. yeah yeah and that definitely again especially at scale like if someone just comes in and gives you guys a bunch of money to do it to move the market obviously uh some things could be wrong and so one thing yep. um one thing i've noticed so actually what define your roles for me as well like what what who is brad what does he do and same with Devin. like what do, how do you guys kind of do you just both wear the same hats whenever necessary or is there kind of you each have your area of expertise
1: yeah, probably we both wear the same hats. I mean, Devin Devin does most of the back end where he does all, all of the coding. Um, and then, you know, I like to tell Devin that I do everything else. I mean, that's not true. Like, <laughs> Devin Devin is the mastermind, you know, um, but for the most part, it's just the two of us like just hammering away whatever needs to get done. Um, it does cause us both to wear a lot of hats, like my finance background, while it helps in understanding certain things and while it helps with like, you know, maybe putting a model together on where I think we'll be next year like that's that's cool but I mean it's really just us being creative and you know like I like I was talking about really just trying to figure out whatever it is that gets us to the next step.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think again, I'm 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 so excited that I know you now in this process, so I can say <laughs> I remember when. Um, until I until I, I put a bunch it. of until I put a bunch of my money in it and lose my money, that's that's when I'm gonna probably give you an angry text message. Um, but until then, I mean, I guess it's still on me anyway. Um, <laughs> I and I guess so. I so with something, just out of curiosity, something like uh, Tom Brady going to the Bucks. Yeah. Is that is that something that would could move the market? Cause as a casual sports fan, again, as you were saying before, John Moran's stocks never higher, which is really, yep. really funny that you say that because I never put those two things together. Like, well, why doesn't he just have a stock? There we go. <laughs> That's one question. That they, they they talk about something that literally doesn't exist, right? Like right. Scott Van Pelt will say it, but there is no stock. Well, now technically there is, which I think is really cool. But yep. with something like Tom Brady moving from the Bucks to the Patriots, personally, I think. He's not going to win another Super Bowl. And some of my friends think he's got a shot to win two in a row with the Bucs because that offense is bananas. Does something like that move the market at all?
1: Yeah. uh, yeah. So I wouldn't say it moves the market in the sense like it totally moves the share price a ton. Mm -hmm. But when that went down, I mean, we saw a bunch of people start buying Tom Brady shares. And, you know, maybe that's not them saying they're going to win another Super Bowl, but rather that Tom Brady's going to have a great season, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that makes sense. Like I, I did the same thing, right? I, Tom Brady with, with that receiving core, yeah, sign me up. But I, I I'll put some money into Tom Brady then. Um, but it really just becomes like some people just get excited about it. Like some people go, you know what? I hate the Pats, but I like Tom Brady. He's on the Bucks now. I want to own a part of that. Like I want to feel like I want to feel like I have Tom Brady on my team. But, yeah, that was that was that was it for me. I would never have bought him.
0: And it, yeah i hate hate the patriots um but you know it's, it is interesting because again because if it all is naturally based on their fantasy value and the fantasy points he was terrible as a fantasy quarterback last year so i assume mm-hmm. without actually being able to look at it that his stock price was relatively low if multiple games in a row you're continuously not performing the stock price is going to be low and now again going where james uh, james Winston now with mike evans and chris godwin i mean that that offense is going to be insane, hopefully. Um, so yeah. now you, the ex- expectation is that he's going to overperform. How much does – and so I'm sorry for all these questions and it not being really no, straightforward, but because this is, this is just stuff that comes to my head, man. I promise. Yeah. It's just <laughs> stuff that comes to my head, and that's why I'm not great at this yet. But one day I'll be really, really good, and until then, uh, you could say you remember when. How's that sound? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, absolutely. With how much does a bad game affect – the stock price, is it in comparison to what that number was? Like if he scores half the amount of fantasy points, does he lose? Does the stock price go down more than if he just missed it by like one fantasy point?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it does for, for both sides of it, beat or miss. So if you're projected to score 50 and you score 40, you know, that percentage decrease is going to scale to the stock as well. So okay. Like if you, if you totally miss, if you miss by like
0: 90%, it's going to be worse than if you miss 5%. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. And you know, the cool thing that I really like about this is it's real money. Yeah. (laughs) This isn't, you know, that the of my question is, you know, how does this differ from a lot of other, you know, like stock market type games? Um, and I know the biggest part is there's actually real money in it. Um, yeah. How did you guys actually like, kind of, is this gambling? I don't know how this exactly (laughs) works.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll answer that a couple ways. Um, First, we wanted it to be real money from the beginning because that's how we knew people would actually get into it, right? Because you could go and you could find, it's, it's really easy to do something like this without money in it, right? There, there's not much risk to it um, and people just aren't going to get quite as involved, right? They're not going to care as much. Um, so even from the beta from day one, we decided that we wanted it to be real money. Um, whether or not it's gambling, like, no, it's not gambling. Um, one of the biggest things that defines gambling, and I mean, of course, that goes into a thousand different ways. But one of the biggest things is whether it's all or nothing. And with prediction strike, it'll never be all or nothing. So if I go, if I find a bookie today and I place a bet on, I mean, if sports were going on, um, just assume they are. If I place a bet on the Celtics tonight, say they're going to win and I lose, good chance I lose all my money, right? And I make another bet tonight, uh, later in the night or tomorrow. Uh, with prediction strike, that'll never be the case. It'll never just go to zero. Um, and your ability to diversify, like, like I said before, time, horizon, sport, athlete, start, whatever it is, um, that's, that's the big qualifier.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you guys have a pretty significant number of users. I don't know if you can say the exact number on recording, but you guys have a pretty solid user base already. And I'm pretty sure you said it completely blew away your expectations for up to this point, correct?
1: Yes, it did. It did. I mean, we were, we were stoked about that. Um, Basically where we wanted to be in June, we were at in January and we launched, so we launched our official product rather than the beta this past September. And we didn't spend any marketing dollars until like mid to late November. And by January, we'd hit our goals for the year. Um, and we think that the reason for that really is just because it's such a simple concept. Um, like Stock market for athletes, right? Like people go, oh, wait, why, haven't, why hasn't that been done before? Right? Like, I get it. I want to I try it. Um, which is really cool because you now I've heard a bunch of times like, hey, I actually had this idea. And I'm like, yeah, like I feel like I've talked about this a bunch of times before, and we never, like, I've never done it, I've never wanted mm-hmm. to do it until now. We finally have, and we just found a way to make it simple enough that, like I've said a thousand times, it goes up, the stock goes up. They miss it, stock goes down.
0: Yeah, it is, it is super easy like that. And um, I I hope one day it gets so big to the point where it can be a supply and demand market because I just like I like the aspect of fantasy numbers and how that works, but I do think sometimes that those can be skewed. And as I said before, like yeah. if it's a blowout, like LeBron doesn't have to play the fourth quarter. So he technically misses, but that's just because the Lakers beat the Suns by 45. And like right. it's May and the Suns stopped playing in like January practically. So it doesn't right. matter. But I do I yeah. do totally understand. Keep going, sorry. Yeah, no,
1: that, that is the goal. Um, as we scale, as we get, like, we, like you said, we do have a meaningful number of users now. Um, but realistically, it's just not enough. Um, when, we, when we do, we absolutely want to move it more towards supply and demand. We always want fantasy projections to be a part of it. I mean, maybe that is something to do with a dividend, something along those lines. Mm. Um, but we want supply and demand to be a part of it because that's that's how a real market would work, right? Exactly. My value of LeBron to your value of LeBron, and does that equate? Um, and- so we'll get there. It's just going to take a little bit of time.
0: Exactly, and I, I t- again, I totally understand that. I'm just like kind of jazzed up when that does start yeah. to happen because, again, like buying Tom it's Brady true. low because he did terrible last year and they, you know, bowed out of the playoffs earlier than they pretty much ever have. Now going yeah. to the Bucks, there is that risk reward of well, I can get him low, I can buy him low, and if he wins a Super Bowl, a dividend's going to be insane, right? Like, yeah. so how how much are you guys trying to mimic like a real? You brought up dividends. I think that's really cool. Like earning reports again. That's kind of the 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 fantasy um points aspect of it how like how deep are you guys trying to get into mimicking a real just a straight up like the real stock market
1: that's a so that's a good question i mean it's a question we ask ourselves pretty often too um i don't know if it'll ever be exactly like one and that's really because like you take you take just the new york stock exchange everything that's traded on there is tied to an underlying security right so if you're trading shares of apple that's an ownership percentage in apple right like none of us actually own any percent of Tom Brady, right? (laughs) Mm. So I don't know. I don't think it'll ever mimic a stock market. I think the supply and demand, that can definitely happen. Dividends, that could definitely happen. I think it could feel very, very much like a stock market, Um, but I don't think we'll ever have to be regulated by the SEC or anything like that
0: good you probably don't want to deal with that yeah yeah as as long as everything goes the way it should you never want to and and to that point though you know i've heard and i'm sure you've heard of many as well like there's those like insurance policies the one i remember first was arian foster if i'm not mistaken he got like this really weird insurance policy that was also tied to stock in arian foster so like he got 10 million dollars and it was tied to his earn it like his actual career earnings that stuff's just way too complicated Agreed. And like, again, what you guys are doing is just super easy to understand. Did they do good tonight? Yes. Awesome. You made money. <laughs> um, and I also like the fact that you can own someone long-term. You know, I think that part's yeah. really cool too. And so I guess with well, them, when it comes to pricing, you guys are working with, or you you have NFL and NBA, correct? Yes. Okay. And so when it comes to pricing, are how do you determine like the, the IPO, for example, like Zion comes onto the market, John Morant comes onto the market. How do you kind of determine, okay, Zion should be at $10 and John Morant should be at eight fifty. Like where did those numbers come from?
1: Yeah. So one thing I'll say first is that anytime like anything changes with pricing, with our methodology, um, we email all of our users and we put notices all over the website mm-hmm. try to put it right in your face. <sighs> um, so the answer though, is that it's changed. So when we did okay. the beta, when we launched the majority of the players that are traded on, because there's only so many new additions this year, um, we scaled it to fantasy projections for the year. So if like Kevin Durant was projected to score 10,000 fantasy points, and that was the most for the NBA. And, you know, Frank Neal on the Knicks, he was projected to score 10 fantasy points for the year. Kevin Durant would be $10. Frank was
0: one. And I love Frank, but I'm Pitch, I was example. gonna say you're uh, really driving the knife into yourself on that one with KD possibly going to the Knicks and then you're bringing up one of the worst Knicks draft picks in the last like 10 only, years. like you don't have to do it, man. I could
1: only think of Knicks players was the first one that came to mind. Still love them, um, but if KD was ten thousand, Frank was ten, KD would be ten dollars, Frank would one, and then we just scaled within that. on um, The same methodology for the NFL, and that worked. That worked pretty well. Um, but then when we added like rookies this year, every rookie was one dollar right? So Zion, Ja, RJ, they were all $1. Um, we're going to toy with different ways. I mean, we're going to talk to users a lot this off season. I mean, even if that's even if the off season starts tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, we're going to talk to a lot of them and see what they think and just see, we'll, we'll math it out, try and figure out what's going to be the best way. Because uh, we just don't we don't have the perfect answer yet, right? Like we want everybody to be happy. We want to be happy. Um, but it's, it's new It's tough. I mean, that's also kind of what I think is cool. Like when users are when they like hearing that stuff, because we are, we are new, we are, this is a young idea um, and people are going to grow with us. So hopefully we get some good feedback on that.
0: Yeah. And I think that there's a lot you can do with that. Of course, when it comes to the rookies and number one pick versus, you know, the 60, whatever pick uh, the 60th pick, I think NBA. Definitely. Um, so I think it's, it's pretty interesting. And it's cool that you guys are asking for that much input from your users. Again, you have a solid user base, but the number is not insurmountable yet. Like how, how are you having, are you, literally calling them up or are you guys just sending them emails and be like, Hey, we have this survey. Like, could you guys do it? How are you going about getting that, uh, that fit, that feedback?
1: Sure. I mean, on our beta, we talked to everybody, right? I, we had a closed beta. So it was only, it was like a little over a hundred users and then we stopped it after that because we wanted to control everything. Um, but this year, it's a lot more than that. We've been emailing a lot of people. Um, at times we're really good with it at times we're pretty bad with it. Um, but over the off season, I mean, that's just gonna be a huge goal. Just talk to as many people as we'll answer emails. Um, probably won't call too many people since we don't know everybody. Um, But we've been surprised that like a lot of people just email us one off and say, Hey, I really like the idea. Here's some feedback. Um, Totally unprompted, which is awesome. And then some people we just shoot them an email or a message say like, Hey, we noticed you use the platform a lot. You do a lot of this, a lot of like whatever it is. What do you think about if we change this aspect or that aspect? And you know, I would say most of the time we get responses, which is pretty cool. That'll probably change as we get more and more users. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But we'll take advantage of that while, while it is the case.
0: Yeah, exactly. And hey, once you have more and more users, I mean, the hit rate might go down. But that's also awesome that you have more and more users. So I think that's a good, good problem to have. Yeah, that's a pretty awesome problem to have. Um, and again, I, I know I think people, especially when they find something novel, not novel, but they find something unique like this, that they're mm-hmm. really in it from the beginning. They want to tell their friends about it. They probably feel awesome when the, the founder and the co-founder when they reach out and just like hey man we really love some feedback we noticed you know you're, you're not quite a degenerate gambler but man you love playing the stock market like we'd love to get your feedback and i think people really they want to help too right if it's a product they yeah. really love they want to try and make it as good as possible
1: yeah yeah no definitely i mean like the thing is like when i when i message somebody it's just like, dude, we're, like we're probably like there's a good chance for are similar age range right like we probably have similar yeah. backgrounds I just need some help on this. Like, Hey, could you answer a couple of questions? People are like, "Uh, yeah, sure. So I'm just on Twitter. Anyway, what do you need?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Especially now no one's doing anything. I don't, don't believe them. (laughs) Uh, Don't, don't believe anything. They're saying no one's doing anything at this point, which, so hopefully that that can um, definitely be something that you guys take advantage of. And then I guess uh, just probably a million more questions. I won't keep you on the phone all night long, but I'm having a lot of fun learning about the product. And hopefully I have a lot of questions that the people that are listening have. So they keep listening because they keep wanting to yeah. learn because it is unique, definitely, definitely unique. And so, I guess, what about like licensing, like using these players' names, saying NFL, NBA, like, where are we in a gray area right now? How exactly does that work?
1: So, so not necessarily actually. It it would go through the same law, the same regulations as fantasy sports. So, okay. like FanDuel and DraftKings don't need licenses, and neither do we. I mean, like, we'll be registered as I get probably daily fantasy sports. Unless anything changes, mm-hmm. um, but as is, that's that's what we are—just fantasy sports. Okay, so Buck, buckled, bucketed in with the other main ones, FanDuel, DraftKings, whatever
0: it is. So, so then, is it allowed to be? Um, I I don't want to say played because I feel like that is is it played? How do you guys determine? Do you say you play uh, the stock market or? I usually go with invest, um, okay. but Ooh, I, don't, I don't
1: fault I don't I don't fault anybody who
0: says okay. anything otherwise. So so when you inv- is this are you able to invest nationwide if you're in the buckets of the the, the two I mean the DFS um, sites?
1: If so, if you if you were in a state that is allowed fantasy sports, then you're allowed to do this. There's there's okay. a handful of states that aren't, not yeah. a ton, but yeah, yeah we yeah. expect that to change by like next year.
0: I was gonna say it'll probably be nationwide eventually. It's kind of silly that they're right. doing it state by state because everything's literally gonna change once it goes federal anyway. So it's kind of a that's waste it. of everybody's time and lawyers getting paid more <laughs> money than they need to get paid. Um, so I think that, that's pretty that's pretty interesting. So how um, so you said you didn't really start marketing too much until you know a little while after really like opening after the closed beta. Yeah. How do you go about marketing and and where have you found like pockets of people that like all right. Like, let's hammer New Jersey because they are, oof, there's something wrong with those kids.
1: <laughs> I love that. Um, so we haven't done too many, like, Facebook ads or Instagram ads, whereas you can target by a specific area. Rather, we've done partnerships. So we've partnered with Roto Underworld, which is, you know, fantasy sports statistics. I don't know if you've heard of them. Yeah. Uh, but they focus on fantasy sports and, and statistics, and they have a really dedicated fantasy sports following. Um, we've also done, done Nick's Film School, which is a really dedicated... Nick's newsletter slash community mm-hmm. um, and really our, our thinking there was we don't want to just get it in front of as many people as possible, right? We actually talked to some early employees at FanDuel and asked them what they did. And they said that, I mean, you could do referral programs, you can do Facebook ads, but you're going to get a lot of users, but they're going to be low quality. So like if I do a referral program right, and I put $10 in, in my friend's account, if he signs up, then why would I not just get like my dad on it? Like, Hey dad, could you just sign up for this? You don't have to use it. It's just, I'm going to get $10 if you do. Right. So that was, that was something we wanted to avoid. So with like Roto Underworld, the idea was, well, we could partner with these guys. They've got really dedicated following that it's just right in line with what we're looking for. And on the other hand, with Nick's Film School as well, this is a really tight knit community that everybody talks to each other. Everybody seems to be really involved. Let's just drop this in and see how they pick it up. Do they start talking about it? Like, do they start looking at. Frankly, looking can just stock price you know every other day right because I know I do um and like how, do, how does that conversation go so it's actually really cool like they started writing about um, the founder of Nicks Film school so John, Jonathan macker he wrote about prediction strike stocks like every day like, in his newsletter like here's what here's what the Nick stocks did here's what their opponent stocks did like, cool things like that and we just we love seeing that
0: yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool content too, right? Like again, like the way I'm looking at it and thinking about it is it's rather than having to create a DFS lineup every single night and picking who, you know, you playing an entire lineup, it's essentially, I can always have LeBron. <laughs> it's not even nope. a problem. I can, buy, I can buy a couple stocks of LeBron and because I think he's going to continue to be good for another couple years. When I think that price is too high, then I can sell LeBron. You know, sometimes it goes up, sometimes it goes down. And I guess, like, with those type, like, content-type partnerships, like, how did those two with Roto Underworld and Nick Film School, like, how did you see a very big, like, why are so many people buying Frank Nielakina stock? Oh, wait, it's probably because they're Knicks fans. Did you see a lot of that?
1: Uh, We saw some. um, I wouldn't say as much. Like, the Knicks Film School, we actually, that was a really interesting case, but we thought it would be that. We thought a lot of people would just buy Knicks players. But actually, it's just basketball fans, like people who really care about basketball enough to the point that they followed the Knicks to that extent. And like anybody who does that, like you must love basketball, like you must be yeah. really into it. You put yourself um, with,
0: through that on a daily basis, man.
1: There's something, something about it. Um, but with both, it was like, like Roto-Wonderworld, we had reached out, actually both cases, we just reached out to them. I mean, like Knicks Film School is a good example. It's one I love to use because they're just, they're awesome to work with. Um, I've been follow- I've been reading this film school following him on Twitter for probably a year or so at that point. And I DM the guy and I said, Hey, like, this is what I'm working on. I would just love your feedback on it. He was like, Hey, that sounds pretty cool. So we ended up getting a beer just talking about it for a little bit. And I mean, long story short, like a month or two later, we're like, Hey, like, let's work together, let's try and see what we can do here. That's awesome.
0: And yeah, so, so I guess the joke part of it was people actually buying Frank Neokina stock. I mean, maybe it's low <laughs> enough. Maybe, you know, it's a penny stock, right? And you can actually like find that increase. I guess more so like, how many users did you guys see from both of those, um, both of those type of partnerships? Not exact, but like, how was there yeah. a significant uptick? There was from both. I,
1: I wish I knew off the top of my head. I don't. Um, but it was, so at the start of each new one, we saw a huge jump. And then it was pretty consistent over like, every week or so. Um, nice additions. Uh, which was pretty cool, which was, which was nice to see. I mean, they were, they both worked out really well. Both have been great partners.
0: Yeah, and that that's awesome. And hopefully, you know, it it works win win on both sides, right? And everyone, and win 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 because you know the, then the users are uh, users are getting that too, which is pretty important. So, do you guys have kind of like, is that something you're going to try? Like you, th- like if there's a Knicks film school, there's a lot of little pockets for every NBA team like that. Are you guys trying to target teams that have you know and find their little like little like you know um their reddit communities and like things like that to try and like kind of not weasel your way in but just start to show people that are very very adamant again going back to like phoenix suns fans shout out to them for watching every game kind of thing like are you trying to like are you going to go to the downtrodden fans of the nba and just be like guys here's something else you can do here you go
1: <laughs> so we're not we're not just picking on the bad teams I know, um, but I know, I know, I, but, <laughs> but that is a strategy that we like i mean we just really like that anybody involved in those communities is just really about it um and there's something to be said about that like there's something to be said about them like a whole group of people talking about one thing talking about how you know prediction strike is affecting or, or their players are affecting their prediction strike stock or just talking to the same group of people all the time
0: and um, seeing how is going to work out I love it, man. I just think it is so cool uh, how you guys have been able to do it. So we've been talking a little bit about the NBA. Like what about the NFL with there only being one game a week? Have you seen just more movement in the NBA market only because it's, you know, three, four times a week? Again, when the world's spinning correctly on its axis, that's usually how it works. Um, And with the NFL, you know, there there are multiple days a week, but it's really just Sunday when everything kind of happens. So do you see more engagement in those markets? Like how how have you seen kind of all that um, play out, I guess?
1: Sure. So the NBA definitely—I mean—trades every day. People are trading every day. Um, it's pretty consistent across every day. With the NFL, it's definitely weighted towards like Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning, and Monday morning after those games. But people definitely trade all throughout the week. Um, a lot of people will trade on on news. A lot of people will trade on just a new development, right? Um, like, I use a lot of NBA examples um, just because it's what I know better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like if Ben Simmons, right? If some news comes out about him, maybe he was cleared for an injury. He's gonna play, but you know he still had to get his thumb checked out, right? People, people will trade on that, which is kind of cool. It's cool to uh, looking at the trading patterns amongst everybody is one of like my favorite things. that the yeah. it doesn't have a huge impact. Um, like the coolest thing was Zion. Like the day that Zion debuted for the Pelicans, I, I'm already back to the NBA. That's on me. You're, good, you're um, But the day the day Zion debuted tons of trading just tons of tra- it was probably a record day um both for like new users and transactions really really yeah. cool new users in- really yeah like people were just like i just want to get in on the ground floor on zion stock which uh, is also yeah, cool because guess- that's what you hear in sports center
0: like, uh-huh i'm buying yeah, zion stock day one and
1: we're like well we can do that so just come to prediction strike
0: yeah yeah right and i guess with if it again like as as the as you guys had it prior and, and potentially will change in the future if it's a dollar and you can get a Zion for a dollar like give me a hundred Zion stock right now. Like I will put a real hundred dollars on Zion because I am very confident again, being a Duke blue Devils fan, very confident that he is going to be incredible. And he crushed like all of his, I mean, what he had like 20 points, like every game in February or something. like, he, he just was an animal for that streak. So like how high did his stock get like actual stock get?
1: Yeah. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I can tell you that like, so the way that the projections work is they keep updating so that first game he was projected pretty low he beat that Mm -hmm. the second game projections started to adjust he beat that third game same thing it just kept happening it wasn't that he was just getting better it was just that like things kept changing like he kept adding one thing that first game he hit a ton of three pointers right the second game ton of free throws right whatever it was i'm kind of making that up yeah yeah, um but just something new like the like no, the projections could never get a handle on what zion was going to do that night it was Mm awesome so crazy.
0: It is. It is awesome to see. And that had to have been so cool. Like, that's interesting that it was acquisition or new users, because that clearly yeah. means like they knew that this existed and it yeah. wasn't until like, cause you don't just like Google search that. I'm sure you guys have great SEO, but like I find it hard to believe that someone would have Google search and be like, I can buy Zion. Okay. Yeah. Let me try that out. Like they clearly knew. So whatever the marketing you guys are doing worked uh, clearly because you got enough yeah. people to realize, but it was just that one moment that, Bang, like, all right, let's go. And everything is like so many people signed up. I think that's really, really interesting. That's a cool case study.
1: Yeah, it was just some something about it was an inflection point where it's like, you know, I've been hearing about this for a few weeks now. I'm going to sign up. Yeah, I'm just going to do it. I'll, let me get some Zion. And then it was cool because, like, then they, like, we didn't only see Zion shares go that day. We saw a lot of others, but like, every user that was on bought Zion, right? And,
0: and then they started, like,
1: okay, you know what? I'll take, I'll take some Tom Brady too. And I'll take some DeAndre
0: Hopkins, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Which that is cool. that is pretty cool. Now DeAndre yeah. Hopkins got traded, and uh, Tom Brady's not on the he's not on the Patriots anymore. So going to yeah. be when starts to, when sports start up again, man, it's going to be this like a weird world we live in with everyone gone, I, and I everything happening. Um, I'd rather have
1: weird than what this is. Oh God, dude, this is <laughs>
0: way past weird. I've watched so many old college football games at this point. Um, I pretty much brought it up in every single um, episode since, but I watched uh, Boise State. Oklahoma 2006 festival. If you haven't watched oh, the college wow. football game in a while, highly suggested. That game's bananas. So highly suggested. But um noted. So um like with with the stock prices and again being tied to the the fantasy values of them. Like LeBron's going to be projected significantly higher just because he's LeBron, right? And if like how does that then go against well like maybe Christian Wood just like blew out his projection three or four nights in a row because in, in nba dfs um you kind of pay attention to who's hurt and then kind of whoever is the fill-in guy who's going to get those minutes so maybe christian Wood just happen to kill it like four nights in a row at what point is it like well lebron's significantly better than christian Wood? how are their stock prices so close how do you guys kind of handle that and getting people to understand it's not quite what you think lebron is as a whole it is more again going back to that fantasy projection value does that make sense sure
1: yeah, definitely. So the way we look at it, like you're gonna find, like you'll find some really like random players with just much higher stock prices than you would have expected, and it's for reasons exactly like that. You know, if you buy LeBron, you kind of know what you're getting, right? Like the stock's gonna go up here and there. Uh, it's gonna be flat some nights because, the, like, we know that he's LeBron James. He's gonna score forty fantasy points or more, right? Like he might have a night where he scores twenty-seven, whatever. Like he had it. Call it an off night. He's still probably the best player on the floor but with guys like christian wood i mean he's he's an interesting case because i actually think he's going to be really really good but sometimes like you buy guys like christian wood who six months ago most people probably didn't know his name for every christian wood that you buy most of them aren't going to work out like they might pop a couple nights here and there but then socks can go down one night it's going to go down the next night and then you're going to get you're going to lose interest you're going to sell you probably never think about him again um with christian wood that's like best case scenario like when users buy Christian wood and they have them right from the beginning, like those are the stories where we hear, like people are going tell all their friends about it. Right. Cause who would have thought, but now that guy, that person, that user had the insight to say Christian Wood's going to playing time. I've watched I've watched him before the little amount of little amount he's gotten. He's going to go off, just watch, he's going to be a big name and they're right. And that's really cool. But it's just the difference of like buying a blue chip stock, like an Apple or Google mm-hmm. or Facebook, whatever it is versus buying, I don't want to say like penny stocks or something like that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, some penny stocks grow into big companies. Right. And then you have that, like, that's where people get rich from. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Yeah. I just, so. I think it's again, like not really trusting or believing in the stock market is still so interesting to pay attention to and just see how yeah. everything works. And I think again, you, you're, you're hundred percent correct. Like you buy LeBron to kind of stabilize your portfolio. Like it's not going to, yeah. it's not going to skyrocket because his fantasy, like his, his, product, her, his projections are always going to be so high that even if he does get 10 points more, you know, he gets 60 fantasy points. All right, that's only 10 points more than 50. So the price is yep. only going to go up by so much. If you have Christian Wood on a night where he wasn't supposed to start, and then now, you know, he gets 60 and he was only projected 30, the stock price is going to go up significantly more. I have that correct, right? Exactly. exactly. So that's the that's way exactly. you can kind of use LeBron as like a stabilization. That's your that's your Apple. That's your Johnson & Johnson. And then Christian yep. Wood's like, you know, one of those, like, we'll see what happens. And not to throw Christian Wood under the bus. He's been awesome. He's won me some DFS lineups this year. There you so, go. You know, shout, shout out to him for doing what he does. But um, I just think it's so cool. And you were saying before kind of the the pattern that you guys have noticed in terms of trading. And we'll stick with the NBA because it just sounds like there's more action there. How, like, what is recently. that? yeah well yeah i guess it's true. what what is that like long-term you know trader you know the one with that really long-term strategy that's gonna you know i'm gonna buy all the rookies and like they're probably only gonna go up if it's a dollar versus the person that is essentially day trading after or before like every game how have you seen like a big swath of each of those users or is it kind of just like a little muddled at this point
1: no people, uh, there's definitely both types um like like me for like i have like sure this is like my company right but i still have a portfolio of my own actually like using it um heck yeah like i would never i'm not gonna sell my next players i'm just not gonna do it and part of that is loyalty part of that is like for some reason i believe in these guys right like i do think is. i love i love RJ barrett like nothing else aside but i do like Even like you look at frank you look at mitch who's also gonna be great but i think that about all these guys like frank is gonna be a good contributor and i have his stock so cheap right now and like, sure, a lot of people are going to just call me a delusional Knicks fan and that's okay. But you see that across a lot of people. Like people don't always sell their losers, right? Like even in the stock market, like, you know, if you have shares of, I don't know, Under Armour, right, taking a beating, but you had it back when it was really good, you know, th- three, four or five years ago, whatever it was, I don't want to sell it. It's, it's, I think it's going to get back there. The guy, mm-hmm. Some new strategies, new management, whatever it is, that company can go back up. Like you have this faith that you develop in something that you at one point had a lot of conviction in, and it's really hard to let that go. It's a lot easier to sell
0: your winners than your losers. And I think when you, you make a great point. I mean, the stock market is very emotional, and you mm-hmm. hang on to Frank Neokita. While you have a very good understanding on why you're doing it, it's because he's so cheap and you think he's actually going to be good one day. Um, yep. th- there is that absolute emotional tie. And it has to be so cool to like, know that, again, there's that even extra layer. I, I play a lot of you know, fan, um, season-long fantasy Huge into that. Baseball, I hate basketball um, just because I'm terrible at it and I get bored. Uh, Football, obviously. But then there's the DFS side, which I play more basketball in because I feel like that's there's more opportunities there. But now there's this, right? Like You don't have to have Frank on either of those. And you can still, if he beats you, you're still paying attention to his fantasy projection. You're still paying attention to Mitchell Robinson's fantasy projection because you think long-term or or even short-term, even if you just want to make a couple bucks and, and leave, it's like this extra layer to the DFS aspect and it's, you know, we're not going to call it gambling, but it's pretty darn close. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like just prop betting fantasy points every single day. Almost.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I'm not going to wake up and check my Frank stock, right? I'm going to wake up and check like, like John Moran. He's one of my favorites. So I'm going to wake up and see what John Moran stock did last night. Cause I know it's going to do something crazy. Frank is just going to be there and one day I'm going to check and it's going to make me a hundred percent. Right. Love that's my it. hope.
0: Love, love, love it. And, yeah, hopefully one day he just has, like, a blowout game where he's projected, like, three points and somehow – didn't he do that once this year? He just had, like, a 27-point <laughs> game just a couple of weeks ago before everything shut down. I mean, how yeah, – he, stock...
1: he, he scored 20, and it was our Super Bowl. <laughs>
0: love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, I was really – I'll be honest. I did really want Zion to go to the Knicks because it's so close and I could have gotten to see him play. Uh, I thought that would be yeah. awesome. But I did love RJ, too. Again, Blue, uh, Duke Blue Devil. Um, so, I'm, I'm all about huge, him. Huge too, to RJ. Just, but just Zion, there's nothing like it, man. I think it's so cool. Um, yeah, man. And again, sorry for just kind of randomly asking you a bunch of questions, but I think this is oh, so really? flippant interesting. Um, only a couple more minutes. I'm sure I have a hundred more, but I won't keep you this whole time. What about <laughs> like, how crazy are you guys like options, calls? Puts, like, are you guys looking into any of that stuff, or is that kind of is that like much further down the line, or is that something you might start dabbling with now or something? Yeah,
1: no, that's that's not far down the line. So sh- we're actually gonna release shorts uh for the start of the next NBA NFL season. Okay. Um so assuming the NFL season goes on as planned, it shorts will be available on day one. Um same with NBA, whenever whenever it's the next NBA season, but still. Yeah. Um when it comes to everything else, like yeah, that's probably not more than a year or two out. Um I mean, there's a ton of things in our pipeline, like you'll appreciate. We want to add MLB next off season. Awesome. Um, so not, not this coming summer, the summer after. We want to add MLB. Like maybe we'll add golf right after or boxing or soccer, right? Like any of those types of things. Um, those are all on the docket, but options. I mean, there's a, our pipeline is just so long of things mm-hmm. that we want to add and want to do. Um, and we're going to do them like fairly soon, uh, especially as we keep, we start growing, right? We start hiring another engineer where we can pump some of the, these things out a little bit faster. But yeah, nothing's off the table
0: yeah i think it's cool and again you you guys it's really interesting i had a conversation right before this one with a gentleman who has a game um that is much more geared to just a casual fan and you guys are much much more geared to that hardcore like i'm gonna check every box score and i'm gonna do this every single day and every single night kind of thing which i think is really interesting about your product and i just again i I love the way you guys have built this and why you've built it and i just think it's it's just so interesting and yeah building out all the the other sports i mean you almost you have the dow jones you have the s&p you have the nfl they're all part of your portfolio they're just kind of not they're kind of tied because supply and demand again is is a small portion of it but at the same time you know there's the opportunities to buy all these guys in other places and you know buy brooks kepka before the majors and then sell him after and then buy him again and then say you know just kind of the trends and the timing and all that kind of stuff i think is so cool yeah exactly um And I love it, man. So I guess we, we do have to talk about it a little bit with, um, you know, everything kind of being shut down for the foreseeable future at this point, you know, no one really knows when anything's coming back. How are you guys, what are you doing currently you and Devin? And, you know, as you said, it sounds like you guys are even looking at bringing on a third person. What are you guys doing right now to either improve the product, stabilize the markets? Like, how are you guys handling that aspect of it?
1: Yeah. So the markets aren't really moving that much. Um, like I said before, most of the most of the movement in the stocks is based on fantasy performance. So without any, without anybody playing, I mean, they're not really yeah. gonna move. Um, when like you, you brought it up DeAndre Hopkins was traded, we saw a ton of people buy Kyler Murray, right? That's cool. Uh, stock moved a little bit, but we're not gonna do anything about that. I mean, mm-hmm. people can still buy, sell whatever they want, um, whenever they want. Um, so we're just not doing anything there. Um, when it comes to what me and Devin are literally doing right now, I mean. Devin's getting shorts out. Shorts are actually ready to go. We're gonna, we're gonna turn the switch on uh, the next season. But we're just starting to chip away at that pipeline. I mean, we're mm-hmm. both just trying to prioritize things, whatever needs yeah. to come first. But that's really it. I mean, we're kind of lucky it's just the two of us right now, because it's easy to control. Like here's what we want to do mm-hmm. um, during this really, really weird time. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna get on the phone with Devin tonight and just kind of game plan for this week, try and figure you. out what's next. But yeah, I mean, we're a little I don't want to say we're bored because we have a ton of stuff to do, but I mean we we just we miss the action as as yeah. you do, as everybody uh-huh. listening to this podcast probably does.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, it is definitely uh it's weirdest time in human history, at least a part of my human history. So like, yeah. I don't, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. And, you know, hopefully everything, everyone stays healthy. Everyone does what we're supposed to do and we can, you know, Absolutely. just get like, that's, I'll be honest. I'm not worried about getting sick. I'm worried about like getting my grandma sick, but I'm just doing my part yeah. so that sports come back. Like that's, I'll be <laughs> hey. upfront honest about that. If you tell me I stay inside for three weeks, four weeks, the sports comes back quicker I will listen and that's totally fine with me and I will do my best and I will do my part. And I hope everyone else out there listening does because that means we can watch baseball soon and we can watch the Mets and they can depress me. And that's, that's what I want. And I don't know why I want, want. that's what I want. And you can watch the Knicks. Maybe they get five more games. You might get a win out of it. You can go home happy, I guess. Um,
1: I'm just like, I was looking forward to the uh, Mets opening day. I I was, I wanted to be there. So
0: me too, man. I was actually at, I was at a home opener a couple of years ago, um, and it was incredible. It was so, so, so cool. Uh, it was actually 15, 2015, the year they went to the World Series. I was actually at the oh. home opener that year, which was nuts. Um, DeGrom pitched. It was cool. It was awesome. I loved it so much. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can go back to the World Series one of the, in the next, I guess, we're like, once every 15 years. So we got a little while, but until then. <laughs> no, um, no, no, no. Sooner than that. <laughs> My fingers will be crossed. You and me both, Brad, you and me both. Um, Just a couple more questions because I forgot yeah. to ask them before. So you were saying They're... when you, you guys get a lot of feedback and you're always continuously getting that feedback, how has this changed? You already kind of led to it with kind of the rookies and what you're going to potentially do moving forward. What other changes have you guys made over the last couple, I don't know, what's it been, like half a year, I guess? So it really hasn't even been that long. But like, what what changes have you guys made along the way that – have been relatively significant as you said when you do change things you make them like how many red lights have you guys kind of uh, been flashing
1: uh so the only red light we flashed was when we changed the pricing strategy uh I'm not sure when that was it was maybe like november december time frame um really just because stocks are just moving like crazy way up or way down mm-hmm. uh, it was just not sustainable like if you won that's awesome but then if you lost it's terrifying and you don't want to mm-hmm. come back so we just wanted to bring it in a little bit whereas yep. like those ratios are still going to stay like you, like you still can win you still can lose but it's never going to be quite as much um mm. that was a big one but the biggest thing i mean we changed our user interface just like what you see when you go onto the website and right before launch um that was big because i mean frankly people didn't like what it looked like earlier and that was okay because we kind of knew that would happen but now we've been working on developing the app so we expect to launch the app come september as well so that's, that's like the number one feedback we get. Like you guys need an app. I'll download when you get an app. Let me know when you, like every single, every single email, that's at least one part of it. And that's yep. the biggest thing. And we're, I mean, even I can't wait to have an app. Like I am I would check a thousand times more than I already do. Oh my God. I yeah. pull it up on my phone.
0: Right. Like so, people- number one that first um that first iphone when like one of the only things you could do is check the stock market all my 14 year old friends were like let's look what the stock market did today it's because it's the only thing you have so i mean again if you have money and skin in the game i think that that's pretty important um and one thing i think that's really cool that you guys do is you guys pay out like through paypal relatively quickly right like how how does that process work so how do you, you put your money in through paypal or or venmo i guess maybe cash app i don't know and then what's what's like is it T minus one for, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Like how, how do you, how does the actual trading aspect of it work?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you could put, so you, you sign up for prediction strike, right? You want to buy 10 shares of Zion. You could just put money in your account from your credit card and then, okay, boom, you have $10 in your account. Then you go and buy shares. Cool. Pretty simple. Uh, when you want to cash out, you just sell your shares of Zion. The cash goes back to, or the amount goes back to your account and then you request the payout. And then we'll pay out through PayPal. So you pay in through credit card. We pay out through PayPal.
0: So is it instantaneous, essentially?
1: No, I mean, it's within like seven business days just because it takes time Mm -hmm. to
0: literally move
1: the money from our account to yours. That makes sense. Our meaning prediction strike, Mm -hmm. not
0: Brad. (laughs) Not Brad's account. Don't worry, guys. Um, (laughs) But so I guess like when you sell something though, like in the the regular stock market, the one you and I are pretty familiar with, it's like, T minus one. So like you can sell it, but then your the money goes to your account, and then you can cash out. Is it is it when you sell? It's a it's a hard sell. Whatever it adds right there, and then it's bang. Then it's right into your account. Correct. Okay. Very that's cool. Correct. That that's also good to know. And then um another random question I had along the way that I forgot to ask injuries. How do those like as you said before like with DeAndre Hopkins getting traded? People are like, let's go buy Kyler Murray because he's probably going to be Lamar Jackson next year, which I don't totally agree with, but you never know. It's pretty awesome. With injuries, yep. especially something like that, well, what if someone gets injured? Like that quarterback gets injured. Well, I don't want to own that running back anymore. So does the quarterback's price take that hit, or is it more like that example you gave before where it's, it's actually everyone around him that's going to take a bigger hit in terms of the stock price?
1: Yeah, so it's interesting. It's, the answer is the latter. Um, everybody takes a hit. Yeah. So say Tom Brady gets hurt in like the third quarter. right? So maybe he's projected 20 fantasy points. He's already scored... 16 okay injured he's out of the game so the stock price will go down a little bit because he missed for that game but then the stock doesn't move after that right we just lock that because we don't want it to just drop and drop and drop um i mean if people sell because of supply and demand that's different but what's going to happen after that is all the shares of the of his surrounding players might also drop or or raise because you know somebody's going to either pick up or lose the points right tom brady's not going to be thrown in anymore maybe he's his value goes down but it's just how the projections adjust accordingly
0: okay that's interesting that's interesting i think it it makes sense um it definitely makes sense again i like the example you gave with kyler murray like yeah he's probably going to turn out a lot better than deandre hopkins is out of this but at the same time there's a good chance they both could get something good or they both could get something bad and i like how everyone's kind of tied together because that's legitimately how it is um two more questions um i promise (laughs) the media and what you guys are doing with that. That was my favorite part of the entire pitch deck. I thought right. that was awesome. So if you don't mind explaining it, because I don't know if I'm allowed to say all of the things that you told me. So <laughs> I'll let you yeah. go with it. Just explain some of the stuff that you guys are planning if you are if you want around like the media aspects of this stock market.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, um, it's my favorite part too, actually. So what we want Prediction Strike to be really is like the end-all be-all of everything sports. So as soon as you hear news, how does this affect my prediction strike portfolio? Right. If you know you wake up one morning and you see Ben Simmons has you know 40 point triple double stock price, you know, doubles, triples, whatever it is. Even if you don't own Ben Simmons, you have to think about how is this gonna affect my portfolio? Okay, like Ben Simmons is gonna do that again? Like, who do you how did he get a 40-point triple double? Like how did everybody else perform on that team? Ben Simmons who they getting issue That's incredible. Exactly. Like he must have <laughs> like, who are these assists to? Like, what was the gameplay like? What was it? like? Did they run a different scheme? Like, what was it? I have to see. I have to look. Anything around there? Like, as soon as Kyler Murray or as soon as DeAndre Hopkins get traded, I I need to buy Kyler Murray. Like, let me get. Let me pull up my app. Let me go buy shares of him. Let me sell shares of like uh, Deshaun Watson. Like, whatever it is, we want people be able to be thinking in that term. I mean, we want like you turn on SportsCenter Center and Tom Brady throws for five hundred yards. We need his stock price to be right there in the headline like that Stephen A has to mention it you know because we we see it as a way to culminate all these different statistics and like as statistics grow more and more prominent like you hear you hear about them all the time like our stock prices we want those to be a way of just consolidating everything like yeah you can go down and you can break into like why the stock price did what it did the same way that you would do if you saw Apple's stock price went up 30 percent, you know two days right like we just want it to be like our stock prices dictate and describe
0: performance i love it and i think it'll be so cool <laughs> and so too. are you are you guys looking at potential partnerships with media companies like that just to try and get that more to the forefront is that something kind of long-term i guess no definitely i mean that's
1: basically what nicks film school is like if you if you were to read nicks film school and i mean every nicks fan should even even like, i know that it's kind of hard to pitch nicks film school to not to non nick fans but it really just frames like the basketball conversation, like just yes, focused on the Knicks, but in a way that, you know, everybody could appreciate. And there's a set, like, like I said, he does a section on prediction strike and on like how the players, how the players stocks are affected by the gameplay. That's just really cool. Like I remember there was, a, there was a day where he wrote about Joel Embiid as he played against the Knicks and like why this was a good buying opportunity, how Joel Embiid has played recently against the Knicks, against smaller centers or even like young like thin centers like Mitchell Robinson and I just thought it was great I was like this is exactly what we need to be like everything like Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid maybe not, hasn't had the best season he's been pretty inconsistent but his stock has gone up over like these periods of time against these types of teams like here's who he's been playing well against here's what he needs to do more consistently to be a better player to make his stock go up
0: I love it. I think it is so cool, man. I just think this is so cool, um, and I, I think that it. that's that's going to be such an interesting aspect of it when you guys do, when you get big enough, and ESPN's like, yeah, Brad, we'd love to talk about media relations. Let's see, you know, can we can we put the stock price? Let's have a ticker. You know, we'll have another ticker on the bottom of the screen that has their stock prices, and if they went up or down this today or or, or yesterday, I think that'll be that'll be really freaking cool. If you guys don't that's a dream. create something like that first, we'll see how it goes. And my last <laughs> question for you is, I mean. What is, what is this like? What is the perfect version of this in yours and Devin's brain? What does something like this, like the culmination, look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, actually, you just described it, right? Like, either we have our own version or sports centers putting the tickers on the bottom of the screen. Right? We really want it to be to encompass all things sports. Like, the stock prices should be in every headline, it should dominate the news cycle. I mean, and the thing is, it's not prediction strike dominating the news cycle. It's the regular news cycle with prediction strike factor again. Like mm-hmm. we want people to talk about sports the same way that they talk about stocks. Like I want, I want people to go to Sports Center the same way that they'd go to CNBC. Like I turn on CNBC and I get a couple of ideas to buy stocks, or I understand you know what's going on in the broader market and how that's going to affect my portfolio. That's what Sports Center is going to be. That's the perfect version of it.
0: I love it. And because there's real money too. Again, this is not free to play. This is, this is not like, Hey, let's just see what happens. I get 10 free dollars. No, no, no. This is your money and you are putting your hundred dollars in and you're hopefully buying a lot of Zion and he crushes it for you. You have a little LeBron just again to stabilize the portfolio. And, you know, I'm really excited when it gets to the point where you guys are like having like full on analysts and just being like, you know, your, your portfolio really should be like 60, 40 blue chip to uh, you know, rookie class, and you're uh, look at these. I think that'll be so awesome, man. And yeah, with the NFL, the MLB, golf, as you said, NBA, everything, shorts, puts, calls, all this stuff is going to be insane, dude. So I promise that was my last one, and uh, I'm sure I have others, <laughs> but I'll leave it at that. Brad Chabra, co-founder of Prediction Strike. Brad, I sincerely appreciate your time today, man.
1: Yeah, me too. This was this was a ton of fun.
0: Really, really, really had a good time. Awesome, because all I did was just randomly ask you questions all the time. So I'm <laughs> glad that you enjoyed it too, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening to this episode with Brad. As I said, not my best work, but his company is incredible. I think Prediction Strike is so, so cool, and I'm really, really excited to see what it looks like in the coming days, especially when sports are back, but also in 5 or 10 or 15 years when this thing really starts to hum. So make sure to please check out all of Brad's socials and all of Prediction Strike's socials. They will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. Please give us a five-star review on Amazon or iTunes, wherever the heck you're listening. I think that would be great. And I appreciate you giving me some of your time. It's the only thing we don't get more of. So I appreciate yours and I hope you make it a wonderful day.